one point right, to first another. First of all, we need to get our bearings. Why is that there? Here, in terms of, uh, I'm going to call your what attention to uh, what book we're in. Uh, Seventeen. This chapter. This chart here, starting with Genesis, is the size of the book is based upon how many years of history the book covers. about Genesis, of course, covering the most. Then we have Exodus, and then we squeeze in here Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Joshua, because they then will occupy enough years to show very well. Judges covered quite a large period. The Book of Ruth is somewhere in in the time of the Judges. Then we stick in First and Second Samuel, and then First and Second Kings cover your hearts, Christ is well, this area you call First and Second Chronicles. It's also called First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. Concerning the hope, they they go in parallel with meekness and fear. And in fact, having a good conscience, part of the stories that are in our in our lesson today, um, I'm going to kind of skip over because. And then verse we'll get them again in First Chronicles or Second Chronicles. I Chronicles. And uh, I don't have time to do all sixteen chapters today, so I'm going to skip the things I know we're going to do again. So we're in this period here uh, of Chronicles. Now the next, and I want to talk a little. Want to look back a little bit? We we have just finished. He's going Samuel. To the reason, why the reason I call it Samuel is that originally it was one book. And I think you remember uh, who it was that split it into two books. It's well, what it was even put a period at the end of verse seventeen. And then no, no, the author did not split it into two books. The author of Samuel made it one book. Mostly, I want to know who split it into two. But it's verse 17 that establishes the context of this passage. Sometimes it's just a word. You mean translate? Oh, okay, sorry, yeah. I understand your word now. Translate. Yeah, what do we call those translators? Translate it into Greek. And Greeks. They're the Septuagint translators. Yeah. And the Septuagint was written, was translated a few hundred years before Jesus. Why? Um, and so in the, in the New Testament, what the uh, if you were a Greek-speaking Jew, you would have read from the Septuagint. If you were a Hebrew-speaking Jew, you would have read from the original, needs from, which was, of course, in Hebrew. Now, so because the book of Samuel, I want you to think about this. Where does Samuel start and where does Samuel end? That's exactly it where it is not in to it, suffer for David's evil death is not in the book of Samuel. That's suffer a for strange will. thing. And, and, and I want you to think about that a little bit. It is with judges, with the end of the judges. Right, it begins, it begins at the beginning, of, at the end of the judges, with, with Eli and Samuel, Samuel being the last of the judges. And then it takes us into the kings and leaves us in the reign of David. He does not die in the book of Samuel. Although, at the end, you know, these are the last words and all that. I mean, it sounds like we're at, at its end, but he doesn't die. Thief on the cross. And think about what the, the point of the book. I mean, the Bible books are not like secular history books. Chapter 23. Their goal is not just to tell you everything there is to know about this person or that person. There are enormous amounts of detail left out about all these people. That were hanged, and sometimes the details that are put in seem to be, well, that seems pretty trivial. I wouldn't put that in. It's because the goal is 
is to teach us a God-centered history here. Dost thou it, not and, even fear God? So what the book of Samuel does is it carries forward and we the history of God's justly. people from the time when they were under judges well, we to the very peak when they were under man done nothing David, who surely was the, the, thought, well, the, it's bad the greatest of the kings. Get the he was a man after God's own heart. And not the book of Kings starts <laughs> with David still alive, and he dies in... in um, some explanation when he uh, I think that at the end of the second chapter he dies. To suffer for well um, Kings takes us from man who didn't fact, deserve it. And Kings is another one of these books that's got split. About it all. Um, the original so writer gives an explanation. had it as one book. We don't know who the writer was. The original writer had one book. And, and the then the Septuagint so if we look from the beginning to the end, deep. it begins at really the very peak of, of Israel, of the kingdom of Israel. Where you had think about this. at the very end of David's reign when he had conquered all the enemies, everything was at peace. Solomon takes over and he's got all this great wisdom. And, and um, that he might it's peaceful to throughout, throughout his reign. In the flesh, uh, he builds the temple and all that. The temple is not the major point in, the, in Kings. The temple is a much more major point in Chronicles. Chronicles has a little bit of purpose in Kings. Um, and then as soon as we get to the end of Solomon, it all falls apart. And, and so we have this King's chart that I gave you last time for you which also read along. Um, and on the king's chart you see the split on the left is the kingdom of Judah on the right is the kingdom of Israel which one's to the north geographically Israel and the entire rest of the book of kings follows this split kingdom until finally the northern kingdom ceases to exist you don't have the southern kingdom but it's a downward um, well path the whole way until finally at the very end Judah goes into Babylonian exile. Where he is now. Can they, the king the, the position Right then, yeah, and look, and since you mentioned that, I mentioned that the the person who put this together, and I actually don't know who this is. Linda got this from um, Look at Christ. Uh, and that's the congregation she grew up in when she was visiting here through all back. Some more evil than others, but none of them good. Individuals who so arm themselves with the same mind. Samuel takes us up, Kings takes us down. It goes on and makes a second. It's a We're on the downward path here. Today we're doing points one and two in this outline. Better. Um, to suffer for well doing. Because at the end of chapter 16, 
we are really at the very so worst I time the thing to be in the kingdom of Israel like with, with King Ahab. Um, when you they look don't get any worse than they have the particular statement in the and, context and including oh, this about the Spirit. And that then will introduce us next week to uh, the prophets Elijah and Elisha. A little part of the development of Terrible here. times call for uh, extraordinary measures. God's extraordinary measures to bring forth an amazing prophet the, Elijah main who does amazing work. So um, we'll cover... In, in next week's in next week's reading, we'll do all of Elijah, and we'll get into this the beginning of Elisha, who was the second one. Shannon, must be off. Must have been off with my during this evil time for the ones that do the rest of you can with connections. Yeah, the ones that didn't get killed. That sort of thing. stuff. Yeah, in your state. Another illustration of this is Ephesians chapter four, verses. 3 through 14. Just a quick glance at what um, what David had accomplished. By the end of David's life, but the white area was Israel proper. Uh, the light blue area is all the area that he really had conquered. And, and those and people were subject to him. It's all just one so all these different kings are sending him tribute. So he's, he's amassing all this money which he's saving up for the temple which made it slightly easier for Solomon. Now some of the and then under Solomon, he actually controlled even this dialogue all the way up to the Euphrates River. It, it was a huge, uh, really a huge empire. Uh, and Below this was where Pharaoh uh, controlled. So you had Egypt, and then you had Solomon's control all the way up to the Euphrates River. And then beyond that, of course, you had other empires like the Egyptians. And, and well, it is later right. on, the Assyrians. But sometimes, so they, in order to simplify, they just left um, out things like connecting words. Uh, Lebanon is in, the, is in this, this area here. The mount, it's a, it's a mountain the mountain mountain it's mountain mountain in this area. In and um, so it was the Phoenicians who were bringing the cedars of Lebanon by water uh, do down and then up to Jerusalem. About 60 years old or so. And, uh, I gave you part. Uh, yeah, those, those were um, very famous, huge, huge trees. Just read it for a lot of time. Really nice wood. It would last a long time. But that ought not be the order of structure. So, in fact, they used so many of those in, in Solomon's palace. They the called it King James Version um, or the New King James. I think or the, the House of the, the American Standard Version. The House of Lebanon. Find a copy of it. The Forest of Lebanon. Yeah, the Forest of Lebanon. That's right. <laughs> and read one with yeah. the other open. Environmental impact states. Sometimes the the trees are violation. Sometimes. Yeah, but you cut them all down. down. But I wouldn't have just okay. that. Yes. And when the forest of Lebanon, you know, where they cut the trees, exactly. is it Why? still around now? The spirit had an apostle. that forest. It's, there's not well, much left. I, I think there may be a little situation. I want to know exactly what I got. And I think. You lose something. You try to make it, break it down, make it too simple. You don't find that much gold around it. You don't always lose. <laughs> that's true. Well. <laughs> but 
you can yeah. sometimes All right. um, lose the power of it. Chapter 1, 1 Kings. They call it the power of Scripture. If I tell you that Adonijah was the fourth exactly of, a, what of a set that includes only four, can anyone solve what set of four is he a part of? Adonijah. Well, that's why you ought to do something. Yeah, four kids. But they've had more than four kids. That's where the power is. Four sheep. Four sheep. Um, to do the thing that the Apostle wants you to do. All right. Matthew, explain us. Four sheep. And I think that we lose that when, when we make this too simple. We, we lost the complete. Yeah, he was fine. Four sheep. Of the Apostle Paul. And David said he must pay back four sheep. Well, the sheep that David stole was actually Bathsheba, and he killed Uriah. And he paid back with four of his sons. Adonijah was the fourth one. The first one was the little baby we don't even know the name of. The second one was Amnon that raped his sister, half-sister. The third one was Absalom who, who murdered Amnon and then took over the kingdom from David. And now the last one is Adonijah, yeah. who also so wanted to take over the king, even though he knew full well that Solomon was the one who was supposed to do, to do these king. special things. But Adonijah was the oldest living to, son of David at the time when he did this. Attention to that about this passage. The uh, get away with it. some of the more modern versions and are So when Solomon simpler, had to put to death in the next chapter, with he was the fourth of those sons to die because of David's grasp. Sad consequence of that sin. He starts in and he goes from the mind of God before the world ever began to what he has done through Christ and the Holy and Spirit. David's charged to and he, and he Solomon ends with before he died in chapter 2. And all primary charge was, one, verse 3, keep the charge of the Lord your God, walk in His ways, and keep His statutes, His commandments, His ordinances, and His testimonies. Did Solomon keep it? Study it little. Good start. Yeah. Grasp yeah. connections of thought. Yeah, the that's not the order we want to do no it in. Good really <laughs> start, so that's no. one far better than a bad start to get finished. Though better than both, of course, would be to serve all the time. Which, study which David did with that. I, I think it's that one notable exception. When we do both at the same time, you have the sweeping uh, reading Psalms scriptures twice, here, yeah. and well, perhaps we'll other studies where you look at it. And, uh, um, and then he, uh, you get a lot. David did urge him to deal with a couple of people of Scripture to bring to <coughs> uh, on a judicial. <coughs> Who were those two people? Joab. A couple of things. Yeah, yeah Joab and Shemai. What was Joab's sin? The idea of seeing the big picture of things. Yeah, he murdered two guys. Both of them actually uh, were commanders of the army. Maybe the easiest example would be in uh, Abner, Second Corinthians. And um, who's that other guy? <laughs> the guy that was in the first seven verses. Yeah, uh, was commander of Absalom's. We're not going to read all of that, but I want um, to show you how. And then the other one was Shimei. Who did Shimei burn? All the way through the seventh chapter in order to understand this. This starts the way. Yeah, he cursed David. He cursed the king, and he really showed his true colors were were rebellion against. It starts with an exclamation. David couldn't come because he made a promise. David got himself into a bad situation politically. Ephesians 
time, but Blessed he realized that be God. he hadn't done justice. And, and here, and then there was one other guy in the list who was not. Second, uh, he was not second bad man, against. He one was verse good three. for him. Who was that? Blessed for the old man. Yes, Barzillai. He was uh, of our Lord Jesus. Christ. Make sure that there was someone from his family eating at his table as Barzillai helped David out. And God of all. So then David died, and then uh, Adonijah went to stage two of his plan to to take over the kingdom, and he didn't get to stage three because that was the end of him. And that was at the same time the end of Joab. Well, Joab had been plotting along with Adonijah. But there was a third guy plotting with Adonijah, who didn't get killed. Who was that? Uh, well, we don't use think of from the standpoint of advisor. When he got through, um, it's in verse 26. Tell of all God's works. He used his only yeah, Abiathar, the high priest, to comfort and encourage somebody. We had this very strange situation in the days of David that there were two high priests. Of faith. And, in fact, there were two different places of worship. Uh, when David moved the tabernacle, the God of all he moved the ark and built the tabernacle. Apparently, for the entire time David was king, they had two high so priests of two different lineages. They were both from Arabs. But one of them was descended from Eli. Now, who, which one do you think was the one descended from Eli? It is for your comfort. Yeah, it's a bias who is being dismissed. After this time, there's only one high priest in him. You see, Abiathar, you remember, had, he was the only one that survived of his family when Saul had all the priests killed. He got word of it and escaped, and he was with David while David was in the cave and running away from Saul. Outburst. Well, of course, David would be loyal to a man like that. And, and, and Solomon is loyal, too. Solomon doesn't want to put him to death, even though he had plotted along with Adonijah and the mercies and the king. And you can see why he might do that. Because there's two high priests. If he, if he helps Adonijah become king, Adonijah will make him a high priest. And, you know, the Apostle Paul, well, his gamble was. But Solomon didn't put him to death. Since he had written Go back to your prophecy. And that was the final fulfillment of the prophecy against Eli that we did at the very beginning of speaking to all these different Long story. Nobody has been living that long. And he'll explain to us. But God is not limited by the life going to be received. And then Shimei and Solomon. I think we have to agree that Solomon was fair with Shimei. Uh, he didn't just say, okay, Shimei, you're going to die. Three, I wrote this put him under how, under basically the I same limitations that he would have had if he had been a manslayer you know, and not a murderer. He would have had to live in one city my joy the joy <laughs> until the high priest died. Well, he was, Shimei had to live in one city until he died. Or out of much affliction and anguish of heart. He didn't have enough respect for Solomon. He didn't have enough respect for his promise to save that city. That was not so my purpose. As soon as he left the city one time and came back, love, that was it. Which I have more abundantly and it says at the end of chapter 2, Thus the kingdom was established called, in the hands of Solomon. But in part, that I press not too heavily. Then, in chapter 3, in we part find that um, Solomon formed this marriage alliance with Pharaoh. Such one um, as this 
punishment. And which was afflict, uh, so now you have the most powerful him. empire, Egypt, allied with Solomon's empire, which at the time may have, been, may have had a power that really rivaled that so you can see from Pharaoh's standpoint, this was an advantage. You know, you don't want to have an enemy on your border. Uh, and there's no record of this lady ever taking Solomon into idolatry. It, it was not a violation of the law for uh, an Israelite to marry an Egyptian. They, they, were, they, they were not to marry the peoples of the land. So they were not forbidden to marry a person of Egypt. Though of course you can see that some of the same problems with someone, but we don't read of any um, of him making a temple to her, her idols or anything like that. But later on, of course, he does much other cities there. To first and, and, and then we have the famous Solomon's dream, and, and when God asks him what he wants, so you and his answer, which is what he wants, he wants wisdom in order to. He said, "I wrote this to you." To judge the people, right? So I could and, and really, the fact that he asked that was all, already shows no wisdom. Proof uh, that that he recognizes the need. What you going to be obedient? And, all and then we have that famous story of the the two prophets well, who they were said, arguing right, over whose son it was. Just as an illustration of the wisdom that, just that, that Solomon had, and that, that story, of course, is still so they, famous. They were to deal with other matters. No, we don't. We know he reigned for 40 years. Listen to we don't know how old he was, but we know he was the son of David and Bathsheba be the church of God. and the second son. A church and that, the Bathsheba thing, does not appear to have happened until it was in the second half of David's reign. David reigned 40 years. So we're looking at he had sent 20 years or younger, most likely. So we could say 20. We could say Titus was sent on ahead to Corinth, and Paul was expecting to meet with him. In which case he died at the age of 60. Um, and find that. Well, he was. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, God promised him long life. You know, he said, You didn't ask long life, I'll give you long life upset. conditionally. What was the condition? Keep my commandments. He didn't get the long life because of Christ. And when a door was opened unto me in the Lord, I had no now, relief. No, we're not there yet. Because Chapter four. I found not Titus, my uh, brother. But take this my really leave of them, I went forth the, to Macedonia. You imagine that? It gives an example of just how rich the nation in the whole wide world. And, and comes you have this famous phrase that's found in other places too in verse 25. So Judah and the living safety. Every man under his vine and his fig tree for Dan and the Beersheba all the day of Solomon. That you know that picture, every man under his vine, under his fig tree, is just a picture of the peacefulness and the prosperity of a nation, and they they were just it was just a nice time to be an Israelite. By the end of it, it wasn't so nice. Then the next few chapters describe the building of, of the temple, which is something to hold that off till triumph and conquer and make it manifest. Uh, but I will just mention that it was done in cooperation with what other nation? I think that started. Hiram the king of Tyre. Tyre was one of the major cities of the what nation? The Phoenicians. Yeah, and the Phoenicians were great seafarers. And but they also had a lot of skill. And so he actually Hiram actually sent him a guy whose name also was Hiram. Uh, who was very skilled at working with gold, bronze, said, oh, uh, other things like that. And, and so he was able to, to do things um, 
and making the temple beautiful, but couldn't have been done well, just with it goes Jews. On and, we won't and so really you have the house of God being built by both Jews and the Gentiles. And I, th- I think that's the, we come uh, to the important. Uh, that's in the chapter story, six. story emphasizes that. The, the house was intended to, ref- to show forth God's glory to the nations. Speaks in and, chapter 5. And the nations that actually help make it. And then he, and it's all makes his own palace, God. which it takes Speaking longer to make the palace than it does the, the temple. His the temple is, be you partly probably because David had been accumulating all the materials to the temple. He hadn't been accumulating anything for his own palace. Now, they were probably figure, hey, you can live in my palace. It's just fine. Need to apply that and be reconciled. But he had to have a palace that, that reflected the glory of his reign. And on he goes. And and it was just everything about the psalmist's reign was just awe-inspiring. In fact, he says, uh, what were all the dreams of vessels of Solomon's palace made out Corinthians? Go. Why not silver? It was considered worthless in Psalms then. You're not Who straightening us. Yeah, it was just going to be gold. But you're straightened in your own. And even he, he had these shields that weighed about this ninety pounds each, completely covered with gold. In this tight spot. <laughs> no, I mean, they did go out to war with the they did ceremonial, but still, you can just you're imagine on, on these occasions when Psalms would come out and. And a, you know, a parade or something like now that. Says, All these bright, shining shields that are being held by his bodyguard. I speak is under my chest. It was impressive. Wouldn't that be something to see? Also. It would. Oh, I love that. You I don't have the reference to where I got it. Be not under the chest. Many times he'd have all the nobles assemble they were put and they'd go on horseback to worship or something at the temple to make an offering. And uh, all of the men had, uh, come had uh, gold yeah. dust in their hair. And they were trying and to undermine so they, they the Lord. Yeah, that's, that's not in the Bible. I know he has to make a defense. He apologizes. He feels embarrassed. He has to defend himself. Yes. He had a special entrance to the temple. He had his own staircase to go up from his house right next door to the temple. To go up there. And he had a special place for himself in the court. Uh, where he made his original speech dedicating the temple, which uh, we're not so yet going to wait until Jason Connor to cover that speech. Uh, what size was the temple compared to the tabernacle? It was bigger. It was bigger. Dope, yes. Twice as long, twice as wide, twice as high. All the dimensions were dope. Inside the, the first room, in um, Chapter 7, there were actually comes back exact to this same pleading. piece of furniture in the tabernacle, but lots more. To us. More, bro- more candles, no more tables. We corrupted uh, no man. Only one altar we took of incense, advantage so. of no man. In the most holy place, I say it not to there were these two statues of cherubim that were just huge. In our hearts from to die together, the, and their wings were stretched together. out and. The one wing touched Great the wall, my the other wing touched the wing of the next chair, Great and that other wing touched the wall. And just on your behalf, had these huge statues filling this room. With and underneath those statues were one piece of furniture. What was that? Ark of the Covenant. The original Ark of the Covenant. They he, everything else was made brand new. Or even when we were coming to Macedonia. You know, new altars, new tables, new candlesticks. Didn't find it. The Ark of the Covenant was the very same. thought might be the case. So I went it on was the one that Moses had, had made. Now he says, or even when we would come to Macedonia. 
But we were afflicted on every side with outward fightings, with Apparently, he wasn't there by that time. Nevertheless, this is hundreds of years after he that comforted uh, the Lord. They left Egypt. Even and by that God. time, somehow, it wasn't there anymore. Nobody knows when comforted it got taken out. us by the coming of Titus. And yeah, not they didn't have the coming, the, the golden only. tumors and the golden mice. But also, right? Aaron's rock buddy. Yeah. The only thing that's left is just to take them out. Us, your I don't know what happened to those. You know, your took them out to have them restored and forgot to put them back in. I don't know what they <laughs> So that I rejoice yet more. For though I made you sorry with my opinion. Chapter 9, God appears again to Solomon. And this. It's a I nice that that vision he gives to him, but it's really a warning. Though, but for a season, walk before and God. Rejoice, if you'll do that, I'll establish your throne. You but if not, to you're going to be in big trouble. Or you made sorry after God Which, of course, is what ends up. Chapter 10, the Queen of Sheba, we're going to do that when we do First Chronicles, so I'll read that out as well. Repentance and the salvation of uh, repentance. Chapter 11. Regret Solomon's downfall. But this is not his whole downfall. I mean, yes, Mary and the foreign women was a lot of problem. But the, the whole tenor of his reign was something that was just designed for anyone who understands it, it was designed to take the people away from God. In the book of Deuteronomy, it has some warning for the king. And, and I think we're all familiar with the warning he shall not multiply wives. But also, he shall not multiply gold and silver. And he shall not multiply horses and chariots. Cause that suffered the wrong. Well, someone broke every one of them. And it was the, the combination of all that that really brought his, his dynasty down and brought the nation down. Therefore, we uh, the Book of Deuteronomy warns about how you know when Israel becomes fast, the they'll, they'll, the they'll leave God. Because his spirit well, they couldn't get much fatter than what they were in the days of Solomon. It was I just to him on your wealth behalf. unimaginable. I will not put to shame. I told and you, although the wealth has a, a valuable symbolic this, purpose, way it symbolizes the spiritual wealth of, of him the Messiah's kingdom. It didn't put me to shame. And, and, and that's wonderful. We see that when we look at the glory and we... And the only thing I compare it to in the New Testament is really the picture in the book of Revelation that speaks of all that. But these are human beings. These are not people already in heaven. These were just ordinary human beings. And that goal has a lot of effect. And that power... And... The, 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 the women, it does not appear that Solomon had the same child as David had as women. David's issue with women was a very fleshly, fleshly thing. But with Solomon, these women were political women. It says he had 700 wise princesses. What that means is that he was marrying the daughters of the kings of the nations around him. And you can imagine, I mean, the kings of the nation around him would love to have Solomon marry their, their daughter. That, 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 that binds them together. And so he's playing this political game. The same problem that a Christian would have if he got elected to the Senate in this country. Here he is a Christian, now he's in Congress, what's he going to do? There's going to be a huge, huge pull on him to play the political games 
of compromise, and then he's going to end up compromising the truth. And so Solomon was playing this game of compromise, and he ended up compromising by building temples to idols in Jerusalem for his many wives. And after he died, those temples were still there. And even after the wives died, the temple was still there. And the people worshipped in these temples, and they worshipped those idols. It brought the whole nation down. You don't want to be in a class in Job. Well, and, and of course they became worse. You know, Rehoboam, Rehoboam just—he just went flat out worshiping idols. Yeah. Solomon's son. Some of the classes um, are going to end up with well, negative. Rehoboam's mother. Did you notice what nation Rehoboam's mother came from? Thing, things of that kind. She was an Ammonitess. She came from the nation of Ammon. Ended with that. The Ammonites were the enemies of Israel. It'd be pretty negative. Um, I, I, I forget now which. But you have to I believe it was Jephthah, the judge, who had kicked out the Ammonites when they had overrun the place. And that, that's the relationship that's been with them. They worship idols. And now here you have a guy whose dad is Solomon, but his mom is a lady from Ammon, princess from Ammon. He worships the idols that his mom worshiped. And, and he did, and just led the whole nation Now that brings us to chapter 12 with, with Rehoboam. Now God had prophesied um, under um, uh, the, the prophet named Ahijah. He had prophesied that Jeroboam would take ten of the tribes away. But he told Jeroboam it wasn't going to be during Solomon's life. So just like it was kind of like the way Samuel anointed David during the lifetime of Saul, but he didn't become king of Saul. Ahijah's doing that uh, with Jeroboam. And now Rehoboam didn't even know about it. Rehoboam, in fact, when you reach out to God, you think Rehoboam doesn't know about much of anything. <laughs> Nobody, and not even um, the best man on earth, is going to serve you unless you he, pay him to do it. He was just a young man when he so became be king. God, and Job is in your hand. all he's ever known is a very so isolated life of incredible wealth. Prosperity, all that. All of his friends are people who have grown up with incredible wealth. So um, he, he probably he probably knows more about the kings of the nations around him than he knows about his own people. Well, there's more than one. He's he's just completely isolated. And so when they make a request after he becomes king, he goes up to seek him because they're being paid to be anointed king. And, and it's an interesting question of why he would do that. You would think he would be anointed king in Jerusalem. But he goes all the way the up issue um, Satan to Sheikah in here chapter two. in the middle of, of the northern area. He said, well, you know, the king. Hadn't gone far enough. If you and the people were sent a petition. And what's their petition? Uh, he would turn give us a break sure. on the taxes. Yeah, and this gives Not us an insight into what's been going on in the latter years of Solomon's reign. Right. I mean, the people were perfectly happy to work hard and pay taxes to build the temple. What he has to do. And they probably didn't mind too He's much even building his palace. But he just kept building and building and building, and he just and, and he had all these he had he made slaves of the Canaanites who were still land. But he used an awful lot of labor of his own people too as supervisors over those slaves. And and so you've got all. I mean, the labor has to come from somewhere. I mean, if you've got people building buildings, they're not farming farmland. Yes. And and so it's it's a hardship on the people. And, and why, why you know, we don't know about the taxation, but there must have been taxes and other things like that. And you, that you would they just want to make sure this next king gives them. They couldn't do this with Solomon. Solomon was too powerful. They couldn't 
ask him to give them away. But now at the beginning of Rehoboam's reign, that's the chance to get, extract some concessions from him. And and the, the, the advisors who were Solomon's age, they knew that even though the these requests really made sense. You talk nice to them now, and they'll serve you for your whole life. But Rehoboam didn't have the character of his father. He said some bad things again. He was just a he was a weak man with a lot of tribes. Those often go together. But he's not bad. And so when the, when the young men that had grown up with him told him. You know, what you need to do is get tough. You know, these people have got to know they can't push you around. You let them push you around a little bit, and they'll push you around your whole reign. Start out strong and spell the end of your thumb your whole reign. And he listens to that. Yeah, that's right. I don't know who I am, of course. The problem is involved in all this that is debated. good part of the, of the nation because chapters 4 through 27. Well, he, he was going to bring them back. He, he raised an army of 180,000 men to bring them back, and why didn't he bring them back? And on and on that goes. And by the time you reach the end of chapter yeah, 27, God sent have said about a man of God, Shemaiah, to, to say, don't do this. About this is from divine me. providence and the, the, the suffering and, uh, of a good And they accepted it. That's, that's an illustration of the fact that they, the they, they weren't as far gone as they might so be. They listened to the man of God and obeyed. Summarizes Meanwhile, how was Jeroboam the kind of man God wanted? In this chapter about wisdom. No. Not at all. Man has not attained yeah, to wisdom. He has yeah, here's, here's what things look like. Of the earth. Uh, and he describes these mining devices and all of this, and he has found precious things in the heart of the we earth. Two. Two nations. The green one down here, this is called Judah. Precious Although, in fact, it, it includes the tribe of Simeon. It's hard to ever mention because there's just a few cities down here. And a good part of, of the tribe of Benjamin. He has not um, found Although the, the border would tend to move back and forth a little bit as they know which nation is But in the north, the evaluation Israel goes all the way up, all the way east of the Jordan, all belonging to Jeroboam. But Jeroboam's afraid of one thing. What is that? Yeah. All these people have been used to worshiping at the temple. If they keep going down to the temple, they're, they're one of these days they're going to decide, hey, why don't we just join up with you guys again? This doesn't make any sense. And, of course, Jeroboam is a loser. So, Jeroboam was not a person with the faith in God that someone like David had. I mean, Jeroboam, is, he's happy enough to worship Jehovah, God them. but he's not happy to do it exactly the way God says to do it. That sort of thing. He's willing to come up with his own ways. In fact, he goes back in and Israelite history and picks up a time when even Israel had used a, a golden calf. That <laughs> and and in fact, the words that he uses when he, he just uh, instances so golden calf are the same words that Aaron used when he started up the calf. It is very obvious he's, he's trying and to go back and do the very same thing. And just um, he got rid of the Levite priests, got his own priests, um, got rid of the feast of the seventh month of the year, which was the feast of the tabernacles, and replaced it with the feast in the eighth month of the year. And this is going to be the downfall of the northern kingdom. They will never get rid of these golden calves. 
If the book uh, put open, one up in Dan, which was where uh, remember we had the, the story in the book of Judges when they they stole that guy's priest and, and his uh, image I would be like and started the city of Dan. Well, they've been worshiping idols all this time, so easy enough to put a, a golden calf up there. And then he put the other one in Bethel, which you see is at the very southern. You'd have to go right past Bethel to get to Jerusalem, so why not stop and worship in Bethel? The Besides, that's where Jacob had his famous dream of the ladder going up to heaven. It's a it's a holy site. So he puts the golden calf there. Be quick in some and we have this very interesting story in chapter thirteen where God the first acts very powerfully to try to turn the people back from their wicked ways. Now, very often you'll hear this story called the story of the old prophet and the young prophet. But in fact, the young guy is never called a prophet in the entire chapter. He had anticipated. What's he called? Uh, two different things. A man of God. But if he did have the old guy is called a prophet. But the man of God, God had a much higher rank. He was, he was sent. And, he, and, the, and uh, you may have noticed that L.A. mentioned in his passage that he will say, well, when he was quoting Second Timothy, I would be able to. Chapter three, a lot of things that just said to show you how approved. Being a blue, it uses the phrase "man of God," and you may have noticed L.A. said that's not talking about every Christian. And it's the same phrase as used here. It's talking about the person who's been sent by God to announce the will of God. And this man, we don't even know his name, he's just called the man of God. He was sent to Bethel. He was sent from the south up to Bethel at the time when Jeroboam was apparently inaugurated his golden calf with, the, with this, this worship. And, and Jeroboam the king was going to be the priest. He was going to be the one that was going to work off of the offerings himself. And so the, all, the this man of God makes a prophecy against the old. doesn't he make a prophecy against Jeroboam. makes a prophecy against the old. What's going to happen? His prophecy ultimately look forward to Something like well, 300 a, years. That's the only way that before it was all but, but in the process, all the it be, everyone learns then, that there's some rules that this man has to follow. When he's in Bethel, what's he not allowed to do? Eat or drink. What does that remind you of in the New Testament? Confess hey, he was in the wrong and all that. You can't but, eat or drink with someone. His mind not what? really satisfied. That no, Kelly. If he no, I mean something that Christians aren't supposed to get drink to. Like that. Oh, I don't know. I'm doing a terrible job. First, finish chapter five. And he comes down with such a one, no not to eat. Someone that you withdrawn from. And you so see, the whole the city of Bethel has been withdrawn from by God. That's why he can't eat or drink there. And convicts him He's not to have any fellowship with these sinners. So when Jeroboam asks him to come home to eat with him, I'm a man made he knows not to do that. And, and think about the consequences he had because the people would have looked at it and said, oh, you see, there's this and man who got eaten. He's going to eat with our king and there's nothing wrong with our golden calf. He had to show his own actions this was there. That, that you guys have gone so far that you're completely cut off from God. But the man, man made out of clay. And it's to such an extent that even the journey he takes, the holy journey, when he goes up to Bethel, the path was holy, and on the way back, don't walk on the same path, take a different path back. It's that Satan. And of course, he ends up violating the rule. He believes the lie. 
and he yeah, goes back. Speak of hell. And and it really did a lot of damage to his message because everyone in town went, "Now, oh, I had a got back here having a meal. We're not as bad as we thought we were." When you suffer, sad. But there are. The end. What can anybody say to somebody? Verse thirty-three. After this event, Jeroboam did not return from his evil way, but again they preached the wise men. What are they going to say when they listen to the way they talk? Yeah, Verse 18 says, the old prophet the man of God is man. Also a prophet, you? I'm going to think yes. that Job probably deserves even worse. Yeah, well, that's right. Uh, but it, they're de- they are two different titles. And, and um, just keep it in mind that they don't have exactly the same meaning. And that... Um, I mean, there were, in the days of Samuel, there, there was a, like a school called the School of the Prophets. But Samuel himself was called the man of God. And we're going to do the same thing in Elijah's time. There's going to be, a, there's going to be several schools of the prophets. Sometimes with a hundred or more in the one part of it. But they're not on the same plane with Elijah. If you got anything to say, let me hear you. And they're, they're good men, they're holy men, and they're doing the will of God. And Job has no. But they're not on the same plane. And even in the New Testament, you have the same thing. You have prophets in the church. But they're not on the same plane with the apostles. The apostles really were at the level of, of people like Elijah. And Elijah was convincing his mind. Mother Fawkes. Different reasoning and argument than the other. We've got to finish off Jeroboam. And, um, and by the time Elijah. He has a son that gets sick and he sends his wife to find out what's going to happen. He goes back to Ahijah, the one who prophesied. That he was going to be king in person. And of course, he learns to his grief that not only will that son die, but his whole family is going to get wiped out because of his terrible wickedness. And that happens in the days of his son Abijam in chapter 15. After three years, there, there was a. Having been convinced by Elijah. How wrong. Nadab the son. I'm, I'm sorry, I had the wrong name. That, that was the wrong king. Uh, uh, chapter 15, verse 25. Nadab was the son of Jeroboam. And he got wiped, and you know wiped the out by Baasham. Um, he inspired. Apparently, Baasham must have been a, a, when you a commander of the whole troops. picture of this. Don't just read because they were having they were laying siege against this Philistine town of Gibbethon. And Baasha rebelled, uh, killed Nadab, and then of course wiped out the whole nation, which is the way kings always did when they see this big picture. Right on and straight through to the end. Then Baasha got then Baasha's son got wiped out the great thing about the in chapter sixteen. And one of the great things. That the, your chart here gets really complicated at this point because you've got Zimri who rebelled against Baasha. How long did he reign? Well, put in even better position. Seven days. That's right. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, he only has the one year. By the way, let me just mention real quick. The numbers here are BC before Christ. So the bigger the number, the longer ago it was. Um, so we started at the top of the chart with 1050 BC, and then 50 years later it's only 1000 BC, 50 years later it's 950. So 
You have to go backwards with the numbers. If he's so you don't be aware of that. So Zimmer is 1885, and then he gets wiped out. Ela comes along, he gets wiped out. Omri comes along, and he and Tibni battle out for several years, and Tibni finally dies, and Omri is the only one left standing. And this, he found a dynasty that is the worst dynasty in Israel. He was the father of Ahab. And it's, it's the absolute worst. But he did one thing that's going to last for the rest of the, the, the time of, of Israel. He moved the capital. He bought a hill from a man named Shemer, and he named the city Samaria. And that is that will remain the capital all the way to the end. In fact, the northern kingdom will, will even be called Samaria. Kind of like we, we call our government Washington. Here's what Washington says. Um, and it was it was a it was a good from what I've read it was a, a, a place easily defended it was a hill where it would be difficult to get in from the different sides and so it, it made a lot of sense from a strategic standpoint and that's what Omri did and then um, he so uh, he, he uh, died and his son Ahab became king and said we'll, we'll look at Ahab next looking at next week we'll start toward the end of chapter six chapter sixteen with Ahab. Any last questions? We're going through 2 Kings 3. We're going to finish all of 1 Kings and get into 2 Kings. Unless I'm misreading it. Do you have your chart there? Yeah, I do. You're right. Okay, good. You want to give up? We're almost done with the audience that we'd like what? to respond. We're almost done. I need to go. That's okay.